All right, welcome back to the Men Up Podcast. Coming up on today's episode, we've got part two of a three-part series really digging in to boundaries. Part one, we were focusing on boundaries, how we understand them in our society, in our communities. Part two, we're really focusing on those relationships that are close to us, our family members, our friends, our romantic partners, our loved ones. How do we understand, acknowledge, honor boundaries? This one got real personal, y'all, as you can imagine, and we're excited to share that with y'all. And please, if you are getting something from the Men Up podcast today, this season, please share it with your community. Go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, subscribe, ask others to subscribe, leave those ratings, and hey, if you want to get some exclusive content and also some insight after the episodes, go to themenup.com, sign up for our newsletter, and you'll get that exclusive content and insights. All right, episode two, let's go. All right, so we're here in episode two of this three-parter, really digging in to boundaries. Last episode, we talked about boundaries as it relates to society and the way we exist amongst one another on that level. This episode, we're really jumping in to our personal relationships, relationships with family, with friends, with partners. So Lamar, where do we want to start with this conversation around boundaries? Yeah, so th- there's a couple of things that, you know, when I think about boundaries and friends, families, coworkers, just close relationships in general, um, that I think about one managing expectations, uh, what people expect of you, the energy that they expect from you, uh, what should they deserve to get from you or not deserve to get from you. I think uh, number two is about like when and how do you say no, being confident and why you're saying no, right? Mm-hmm. So I think those those are the two places that really ring true for me. And I think uh, as I think about my life, how that's showing up is that. I haven't really had to say no because for my adult life, I've actually been away from my family and not in close proximity. So I think for me, I've been in this position where because I've been across the country, I've been away from my parents since I was 18. There's a lot of things that come with proximity that you don't have to say no to or you don't have to like have uh, arguments or conversations about because I'm like, well, I'm, I'm just six states away. So it's just not gonna, not gonna happen. So I think about that a lot. And I think about like, even when, um, so I live in New York for those who don't know, um, NYC, greatest city in the world, shout out to NYC. Um, and my, my, all my great friends or some of my best friends are in Nebraska and my parents are in Vegas. Right. And so one of the greatest natural boundaries that has come up from that is that when I go back to Nebraska, for you know for work or just to hang out i can just be with my friends mm. right and then when i go to vegas i can just be with my family mm. versus where some people if all these people are in the same place you got decisions to make now on how you're going to spend your time who you're going to spend your time with and what energy you're going to give to that who you're going to piss off who you're not going to piss yeah. off right yeah. who's going to feel slighted who's not going to feel slighted and i just think about like i don't have to do any of that which has just been like a super blessing for my life in terms of you know, how I think about some of my relationships um, and, and creating boundaries inside of them. My immediate reaction is that I am pretty, ter- well, I, I won't say terrible, but I <laughs> am, uh, I think my expectations uh, do not align with how I uh, 
meet other people's expectations mm. right so like <laughs> my expectations are very i have very low bar uh, you know to meet you know in terms of like how people interact with me or like whatever like i'm pretty tolerant of a whole bunch of stuff like if somebody doesn't see me when they're in town or don't right. even contact me like okay no big deal like let's try to do it next time you're in town or whatever it is on the reverse i'm awful at like making sure that i'm seeing the people that i should be seeing if 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 that's what the bound you know if that's what the expectation is or whatever like i'm bad at meeting other people's expectations i i would and maybe i'm just being uh you know uh maybe i'm using negative self-talk but mm. at the same time i'm i i think that's probably accurate like yeah. that i'm just i just don't meet other people's expectations as much um and so the way that i think i compensate for that to a certain extent is like i just try to show up to as many things as possible i'm just gonna be there i'm gonna be physically <laughs> present yeah. and then when i'm in that space yeah. like use me how you want to use me right like, we, we want to go hang out we want to just ch chat for five minutes we, you sign me up for yeah. doing something like i okay like let's that's when the boundary sort of gets established or whatever but like uh, i think that's how i try to mm. and 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 to to your analogy of like friends and family in the same location that is me back in new hampshire like is friends and family in the same location so like sometimes i get to see my friends sometimes i do not get to see my friends and so it it becomes uh you know yeah am i am i and, and i guess i end up prioritizing uh whose expectations i'm meeting yeah. to like maintain that level of relationship or yep. friendship or whatever it is yeah i mean there's so. a pecking order at the end of the day exactly right yeah, nobody yeah, wants yeah, to yeah. say it but it right. just is what it is right do you think you're clear with people in your life like who that priority list is like and is that important right and understanding and managing expectations is that important to be able to say like listen friends i need you to know like i love you i appreciate you but but you should be clear that you know, my, <laughs> you my kids are going to come first. So, my partner is going to come first. Right. You should know. Sure. Yeah. So, so I, I had a very, so, so what, what this made me think of and, and, and this conversation is so relevant. I have a very specific, we, we have a, somebody who we know mutually back in New Hampshire. I remember specifically went to somebody else, uh, and said, Will was in town. I can't believe he was in town. I guess I'm not Right. I'm not his. I'm not as good of a friend right. as I thought he, mm. I, was, I was to him. Mm. And I was like, I was kind of like surprised by that because I was like, I didn't realize that that was the thing. But we had no, there was no prior communication about meeting expectations right. or whatever it was. It exactly. was just like that was it. That was the line. I crossed it. I had no idea that I crossed it, but it was like that was it. Yeah. And 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 we haven't really ever talked since like yeah. that person is not a part of my consideration for most things at all anymore so it's like it's a thing clearly like, never was and right, <laughs> yeah, but, but it was like right, it, probably, it probably goes to the thing like we talked about before which is like i just want to text you back yeah or whatever it is <laughs> right. but like but you know but but that but that was a very clear line where we're, there was no communication beforehand right. and like did i like would it have helped the situation to be like, "Hey, man, when I come to town, I'm we got to make right. specific plans." That would have felt saltier, probably. It. But yeah, and then I just maybe like, I don't know. I, I, I yeah, it was tough. I, I think to, to for that environment, yeah, it's it's a lot of folks actually are find themselves in that position because a yeah. lot of people set their own expectation for what 
their relationship is to you right. without having that conversation with you. Right. And that yeah. ha- that's happened to me multiple times yeah. where people are like, and, and, and in retrospect, I have had to have the conversation, Shabu, to your point to say, I don't have the energy to give to you. So your expectation of me might be mm-hmm. this level of friendship, but I can only offer this level of friendship. Are you cool with that? Mm-hmm. Are you cool with me giving what I have to give to you or is it going to be nothing? Yeah. Right. And I have had multiple conversations like that, right. Where I had to set the expectation of somebody had higher expectations of me. Right. right? And now actually we're great friends, which is, yeah. which is like ironic is that like, but that's the point is that when you can be vulnerable enough yeah. on both sides to say, Hey, this is what I need from you. Yeah. And then the other person be say like, well, this is all I can give or not. It resets what the friendship can be. Yeah. Because both people put themselves in a real vulnerable spot. Right. To reestablish like, well, what's the relationship here for real? Sure, and if sure, we sure. care about each other, do we want to make it happen or not? It happens with intention in a professional setting, maybe more mm-hmm. so than personal settings. And I call professional, I'm defining professional loosely as sure. like responsibilities for the the coaching you know commitments that i have or the you know uh like parent organization you know commitments that i have and those sort of things and with like my significant other like those are specific conversations that we have now more often maybe some of it is learned because i've had that experience in the past it maybe it's just maturity maybe it's you know just learning how to cultivate relationships overall i don't know i think that i think cultivating the relationship is the part of that mutual expectation you know that we're sort of talking about too of like it it gets it gets left in the dark like relationships that are friendships are probably held in the highest regard amongst like we we oftentimes people say like my friends are family that we chose right Mm -hmm. but at work, the expectation is that open communication because if not, I'm going to be disappointed, pissed off. I'm not going to be able to do my best work. In my relationship, like with my partner, well, if we're not communicating, someone's going to be pissed off. We're not doing our best work. Right. right? Um, and, but in uh, friendship, eh, you know, we're just like, we just kind of let it go with the wind. Like, well, whatever happens, happens. And it's like, well, why don't we bring that level of expectation that we bring to work? So that people, everyone's on the same page that we bring to our relationship, everyone on the same page. Why would we not bring that to our friendships? Right. And it seems like the friendships are the ones that kind of get left out in the cold when it comes to like setting expectations or even acting with intention. Yeah. I think people learn around that. But what do you what do you think about that? Shabuzer? You started the conversation by asking like, what are you what are your feelings like? How do you connect with like people's expectations? Mm. And I think a lot of times some of the, like the, the self-talk I've had is that I'm I'm never meeting the people in my life or, or quite often not meeting their expectations, right? Or I'm not living up to like being the best friend I can be, right? And so like I have to overcompensate for that, mm. right? And that's like, I, again, like that's work that, I mean, I, I will say it here. I've said it many times on the podcast. My God, therapy is real helpful. Shout for, out that, for that man. Kind of Shout work. that man out. Shout out to Jeff. Shout that man Shout out. out. Let's Jeff. go. So... <laughs> Great guy. He's a great guy. Jeff, the silent fourth partner. That's right. He's really become a fourth character here in the podcast in season five. Also, not a bad idea. Maybe he should be. Yeah, (laughs) really, though. I don't want my therapist coming on this podcast. Come on now. Um, So, so, but that's like, I think also what's happened there, too, is that that unrealistic understanding of expectations also then 
sets for me an expectation of what I have with other people mm. that we've never actually talked about, yep. right? So like there might be a way that I want to show up for you, Lamar, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to show up in this way 24-7 for Lamar all the time. Yeah. But then I create a story in my mind that's yep. like, oh, well, Lamar's going to do the same thing. Right. We didn't have that conversation. Right. never had that conversation. We never had that conversation. And also, I may not need that or care. Right. And you may not, you may not care, and you may not be set up. Right. To your point, you may right. not be set up to do that for a whole bunch of things. You got right. other priorities, you yeah. got other things to focus on. But I think that like that is often where I mean, this goes back to one of the points we we're making in the first episode around like implicit versus explicit boundaries, mm-hmm. right? Like in that context, I'm creating a whole story mm-hmm. around what the boundaries are in our relationship, uh, and it's all implicit. It's all me yeah. telling that story and not actually having a conversation. That is. Maybe the most surprising thing I think I've heard you say on this podcast that you think that you're not meeting other people's friendship expectations is perhaps the most surprising thing. (laughs) Isn't that crazy to think about this guy? Yeah. guys. Like, I can't, I cannot even begin to count the number of times that you have initiated contact or something to just keep like us communicating as a group, alive. but also interpersonal over the 30 yeah. plus years that we've been friends that I can think of like, how the f- how are you judging yourself <laughs> yeah, in that right. way? It is, it's fascinating for me to hear that. Well, I mean, some because, of that is just therapy stuff, right? Like that that's oh, like I'm childhood sure that trauma. That's, trauma. That's dad issues. Shout out to dad issues. Yeah. Um, but like, that's yeah. all that sort of stuff, sure, sure, right? Sure, and sure, having sure. to do that. Yeah. And, but to your point of like, you know, I think where that's been harmful is like there, there are times where I should have said no. If, you know, there have been friends where like right. I will continually reach out and I like continue yeah. to and continue. And at some point you got to recognize the silence, right? Or you got to recognize this person has a limitation or our relationship is set up a different way. Yeah. Right. But you go too long. Yeah. And without saying no to yourself, right? right. Or, or being so accessible to people, right? right? To your point, sometimes you just got to say no. See, so the saying though, this is exactly where I was going to get to to a certain extent where it's like I say I have probably had too much uh, habitual like just going with the flow attitude. Mm. Like there's just a habitual Similar. going yeah. with the flow attitude that I think almost like as I've gotten older, I've sort of gotten burnt out from like having interpersonal communication. So like right. I disengage and unless unless it's with the people that I absolutely need in my life to a certain extent. So like, I I think like there's friendship burnout Mm. uh, to a certain extent where it's like the silence that I give to some people or something to that effect is probably interpreted like a certain way with them, but it's also pretty intentional on my part to a certain extent where like, I'm just tired of saying yes to everything. Saying no more often probably benefits me quite a bit. Um, but there's also the reverse case where it's like people have probably put up interpersonal boundaries for so long that like by the time they realize they should probably be saying yes to more things too. So I'm like trying to acknowledge mm-hmm. that like while I see it in myself, there's actually probably some people who would benefit from saying yes to more things right, for sure. right. out there, right? Because the way you framed it is like r- totally relevant probably for this group. And it, I know it's relevant for me, like saying no more often, or, or you know, needing to say no because it's it's better for me. But then on the reverse side, because we talked about, or at least one of the sort of the themes of things is like there's a there's a rise in loneliness. There's a rise there's a rise in 
or decline in people having less and less close friends and mm-hmm. those sort of things. Mm-hmm. So like maybe some people do need to say sure. yes more often. Like, yeah. so I want to enter that into the conversation sure, a little bit, point. but you're yeah. right because t- t- relevant to us, like how do we say no? When do we say no? Saying no doesn't always sound explicitly like no. Right. Saying no sometimes sounds like I'm actually just choosing myself, which I'll, perfect example is like, I think I might have invited you out a couple of weekends ago and you're like, yep, yeah, I got to run. So no, like you didn't say no, but you're like, I got to run and I don't know what my like, time's going to look like after. He's right, going to actually right? run. Right. I just want to say like, he wasn't <laughs> yeah. running away from the city. He's like physically yeah. training. I got to run. Something. <laughs> and, but, but even if you weren't training for a marathon, like, right. And you still right. said to me like, yeah, like I got to go get this three miler in or, you know, just to do it. That is you saying I am prioritizing now this run over going to your party. Right. Right. Which I find value when people come to my things. Like, I think that's probably pretty clear. Like, I don't know if I've said that, but, right. you know, like that means a lot to me. And I think I, we've had conversations where I've been like, my birthday is yeah. the the day. Like, I don't ask for anything else. But like, if you are my friend and I ask you to show up on my birthday, like, that's the day that I fucking expect you to be there. Like, what? When, show up. When's your birthday? September 18th. Oh. Dick, you missed it. I missed it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but if... What the expectation is? We've got a pretty big boundary between <laughs> us right now, right. Lamar. I get it. Three hundred miles, and yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but if 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 you're in town, you're a good friend of mine. Like my expectation is that you're there, and I I have to lay that out. Like I lay that out. Lay but you're out. you're being explicit with yeah. Your you have to be expectations. Right. You you have to be intentional and, and explicit, or else you will be disappointed if you have the expectations right. sure, sure, sure. of people. And I think what you said on the front end is a lot of folks. A lot of folks do put expectations on people, but I think what people learn to is they get disappointed quickly. Mm-hmm. And then they start to stop trusting and then they stop reaching out. Then that's when the loneliness comes and they feel like no one's there for them. And that's how you can feel how you can feel like you have a bunch of friends and still feel lonely. What does it mean to not be dealing with a group, but be dealing with one person or mm-hmm. your partner, right? And what does it look to set up boundaries or have boundaries inside of your romantic partnership um that you might have right and so i think for me as i get older you kind of set the intention because folks want to stop wasting time mm-hmm. right now and, and i'm gonna kick this shabu right away because because when you, you the the younger you are and you get into romantic partnerships you, you deal with a lot right you kind of deal with a lot you're like well you're just gonna see what happens mm-hmm. right I think the older you it's get, a trial and error. Absolutely, it is right <laughs> yeah, to yeah. a point. And even no matter, even when you're in one and you've been in it for a while, it's still trial and error. Right. You can attest to that, probably. <laughs> um, but like, how do you? What's the importance of boundaries and tension inside of partnerships? You know, with your experience, in your experience. <laughs> how much time are we dedicating to this? Not enough. Not enough. Yep. Damn. Yeah, we really buried the lead here. <laughs> You frame this around like as you're getting older, right? Like those boundaries seem to be more and more important, mm-hmm. right? Because maybe there are maybe there are expectations you have for how life's going to show up. I know for me, right? Like there, there's some level of like, you know, I'm almost 40, right? Like not in a long term relationship here, right? right? And so so the boundaries then are set up and like to your point, what what am I willing to accept here? And, and and, you know, what what do I have to be willing to be held accountable to and like have boundaries that I respond to, that the other person responds to. I think what's tough sometimes is to your point, like the the trial and error piece, like with any, in my experience, with any romantic relationship, you gotta be in a space a little bit of like 
allowing for some trial and error. I feel like I enter into those spaces of like being willing to like offer a little bit of trial and error and, and allow for things to like maybe evolve and see what happens and feel each other out. And my experience has been like, th there's a lot less space for that, at least in the, the women that I've connected with right. or not enough time to really explore right. or, or understand, you know, boundaries. Right. It just mm -hmm. doesn't never gets there. You know, I interjected trial and error, but that's like basically my entire, uh, learned <laughs> existence, I guess, of, of interpersonal, like one-on-one -on -one intimate, you know, relationship, you know, is, is, is through trial and error. I was like, did this work? No, this does work. No, does this work? No. And then you, you figure that out. But what I was going to enter into the conversation here, which is like, you know, my kids now have a book of like body boundaries. They can, t they can be very explicit and learn mm. their body boundaries now. So like when it comes to intimacy and personal connection and, and those sort of things, there, there's a, there'll be an education to fall back on mm. that is like appropriate and not appropriate and boundary setting. And those things can be sort of explicit. Whereas I think like, our my my upbringing a little bit was was sort of like learning it from experiencing it to a certain extent and i think that that sometimes is where it even ties back to the expectation thing that that we were talking about previously this was like i think there's an assumed expectation uh certainly in long-term relationships uh, to, to a certain extent, if you're not being very upfront about it, or in the sort of short term newer relationships, certainly as adults and maturity that like, people are carrying those uh, assumptions, I think that like, you already know, certain boundaries, you already know those or you know how to communicate the those unwritten rules, right? the unwritten rules of yeah. things. And, and I think that they, it plays into where the the margin of error is razor thin. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the consequence, if you want to call it that, is also like, uh, uh, I would say, not harsher, but like is uh, is more abrupt. So like right. maybe it is an ending of a relationship or, you know, in, in longer term that, that you know, that I wouldn't say there's necessarily consequences, but like you are like it's um, uh it leads to um, deeper conversations with your partner or something like that that you have to have. Yep. And so like, you know, what you thought maybe was a small or minor infraction of the boundary ends up leading to a longer one. And so like, it, again, it, it just becomes this, um, it, it recycles as a, as a, as a trial and error phase of, mm. of that. So I don't know, I, but I wanted to make sure that like I, I entered that sort of part about that. I think that kids, uh, in general may have more resources, better resources and just being educated in a more fundamental way yeah. than w at least the way that I grew up, which was more experiential trial and error, right. that sort of thing. I do want to actually clarify a little bit of what I was saying, because I think Will Will's prompting this for me right now is that the space for not understanding boundaries or, or the, the abrupt ends has really been around uh, time and communication, right? Like, you know, th there's not enough, there's not enough time to figure out like, oh, hey, like you and I are dating and this is what it means for our time. It's like, oh, if this isn't working or if we're not like gelling in the first couple of weeks or if like, whatever the case may be, like it, a thing just kind of ends, right? And so right. it's around time, it's around communication. What I will say is that many of the women that I've been with dating 
for any sort of time have been really great and really created spaces for that emotional or physical or sexual intimacy or like and, and creating the space for like hey here are my boundaries around like things i like things right. i don't like right or like here here's how willing i am to be vulnerable about these things i think like that has that's allowed me a space to grow in those ways because like, i i do think that like in my 20s there was a lot of trial and error of, absolutely like, figuring out let me like, see if this shit works right, like, does this work does this not <laughs> right, work like right. can i be this vulnerable with this right, person right? right but but i think mm-hmm. uh I'm, I'm very grateful for the women that i've like been engaged with now in my 30s and and going into my 40s that like have created that kind of space and allowed me to grow in that yeah. way and allowed me to understand like oh here are the things that that i like or that's a boundary for me or, or this is as vulnerable as i'm willing to be yeah and i, and I think to that point, and you know, just some of the things that we've talked about, it's all been an evolution of uh, self-discovery, self-awareness, um, willingness to be, you know, vulnerable in that way. Because those things are hard to talk about, difficult to talk about, like, and particularly around like the, the sexual stuff. I think it's it's really cool that women are feeling empowered to be like, yo, bro that's not the move. <laughs> like that's, that's not mm. what I need you to do here. Right. And being able to share that with you so that you can do what is pleasing or what is nice or what feels good. Right. And so I, I love that people are feeling that power to be able to do that inside of some of these, co- these conversations um, around like what's the boundary, but also expectations that I have because societally right around partnerships and relationships, we've had this conversation before about how, men can feel a certain way and women can feel a certain way and we're missing each other. And I think it all comes down to just like being able to clearly communicate what your expectations are, what your boundaries are, what your intentions are up front explicitly so that there are no guessing games being played. Well, and I want to be clear too, that like, I'm not saying that like it's a woman's job or like it's a sure, woman's no. like responsibility mm-hmm. to create that space. That my experience has been like these incredible women have created that space. Yeah, I wish I had had more conversations when I was in my teens mm-hmm. and early right. 20s, right? Around like, hey, you actually should enter into relationships with whoever you're going to be romantic with, whoever you're going to be intimate with and saying, here are the things I like and I don't like. I never had those conversations, no. right? Yeah. And like, You just deal with stuff. Right, you just yeah. deal with it. You just yeah. figure it out. Yeah. yeah, I think a great example of that, and I, I say this all the time. I think about some of the gals that I've dated in the past, and you know, grew up in Nebraska, red state, fairly conservative. Even though there's pockets of you know progressive, um, I could never date a Republican woman now. Pro- could never do it. And I think about the values or just some of the things that, like, my partner now has that a partner from the past didn't. But when I was 24. I'm mean, shit about no values. Like, what are we talking about? Let's share our values. Like, do yeah. you look good? Are you attractive? Mm. Am I attracted to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we figure it out going right. forward? Yeah, probably. Right. Yeah. And that was kind of the things that you cared about. Not all, but some me. Right. But like now, as you get older, you start looking at these things that mean more to you. And you're like, oh, that never would have worked. Right. But I also didn't even take the time to like know those things. Like the things that we cared about back then are just very different in the intimate relationship space. The equation changes, you know, you know, I I think, um, sorry, Republican women, by the way, (laughs) I'm sorry, (laughs) but just probably would never work. I mean, you're off the market for them now. That, right. That's what we've learned in this episode. I'm also off the market. You're off the market, period. (laughs) And, um, you know, and I think it kind of maybe speaks to, to Lamar, what you're saying, but also, you know, like changing, dynamics changing behavior is an opportunity for men particularly to you know uh re like educate themselves like the education doesn't stop like 
just because you're in a phase of like trial and error or you feel very comfortable in like longer term relationships versus like that sort of thing like it's never too late to like you know learn yourself some new skills and like communication skills particularly in these areas are incredibly awkward and they can be really awkward but as long as you are making the attempt i think sometimes that making an attempt is going to meet your partner's expectations at like trying to grow and learn and do those sort of things different times in your life are going to present different challenges right and so you have to you can't just expect that well the way i did this when i was 30 right it's going to be the same thing i can do to overcome this problem when i'm 45 right. it's just not going to be the case so you really have to be committed to you know progress over perfection but right. being willing to adjust and make the adjustments um going forward to um, meet the expectations of their partner but also to you know follow the boundary or you know meet them where they are to that point right following the boundaries that your partner lays out that you lay out you know it seems like the space oftentimes where boundaries either get broken, get stepped over, and thus need to be repaired is like when we are in some sort of disagreement, miscommunication, mm-hmm. fight, if you want to call it, with, we'll say with a partner, but I think that, that also happens in Somebody. friendships and in other mm-hmm. relationships too. So I'm interested, like, what do we do when a boundary has been broken that either we're the one that broke it and have to repair or acknowledge that, or that it's been broken with us and we have to acknowledge it and repair it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, uh, sorry, I'll just jump in because yeah. I, I think that the immediate word that came in was a word that we've already mentioned in the series is accountability, right? Is like, yep. how do you hold yourself and or others accountable? How do you communicate that accountability and responsibility? Because, uh, you know, that is uh, making sure that someone, whether it's yourself or others, are held accountable is the in itself the enforcement of a boundary, and so, like, you have to be willing to uh, to to hold yourself accountable and hold others accountable, or there's the, it, it's a snowball effect where it it's snowball rolling down the hill where now the trust is gone. Maybe it's your communication, you know, is broken. It, it's, it, there's a lot of things that can happen if you're not willing to hold yourself accountable. Shrinking of the ego, mm. uh, and I think accountability has a lot to do with that. But mm. trying to especially when it comes to the person that you love and that you want to have a long-term relationship with, sometimes you just got to like not not look at it as right or wrong, but did I hurt them? Was this person hurt by what I did or what I said or how I showed up intentionally or unintentionally, right? And recognizing like, okay, this was a situation. This is not what I want. And not leading by saying, I've been in this position before, not leading by saying, oh, well, that's not what I meant to happen or that's not what I meant to do. Like clearly you didn't intend to do that, but that's what happened. That's how it landed. Um, and so apologizing, man, Yeah. Mm. just saying, just saying, sorry. And part of saying, sorry is looking at being able to look yourself in the mirror and be like, I messed up here and, and being able to just apologize, even if taking the time you need, right. Cause you may be pissed off as well. You might be arguing mad. Like Mm -hmm. you're not in a space to apologize. Right. Right. So you may need some time, but, going to make that apology and and being able to move forward because a lot of times folks just want to hear sorry or that like you have remorse or regret or you know any sense of feeling bad yeah i think the apology piece is huge right and the the literal saying like i am sorry Mm -hmm. 
for whatever it is, right? That's that accountability. I'm reminded of social activist uh, Tiffany Lofton, like she posted the other day, she was like saying, you're not really sorry unless you've actually said I'm sorry, mm -hmm. right? And acknowledge the thing. If you just say like, oh, yeah. you know, I apologize for it. It's like, no, you got to say, I am sorry, right? Yeah. Like those words matter. They carry weight and acknowledging mm -hmm. what the thing is, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really important. The boundary that was broken, yeah. right? right? I think what's hard, what's harder for me certainly is in those moments where somebody, I feel as if somebody has broken a boundary, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you have to acknowledge that, right? And, and that that's harder work, right? Because I, I think that it is both being able to say like, hey, based on what my experience of this thing is and what we've said is our agreement, is our boundary, I feel like this is unfair, right? Mm -hmm. or, or whatever the case may be. But that's harder, right? Because you also don't want to get in a space of blaming people right. for a thing, right? Because that right. never works. Or telling somebody, you are wrong, right? Like that doesn't work, right? So I think that that's often harder yet, but it's some of that work. Like yeah, They got to know that they hurt you. Yeah. They got to know that. And, and that's why you got to hope that as you build with somebody that you can open them up to your how you feel and like those emotions without having to get to an argument. So you have to blame them for something and you can just, they can like see it before it happens. The way we want to wrap up these episodes in this three part series of reflecting in our own experience through this conversation. Like what are we learning around setting boundaries, honoring boundaries, maintaining them related to our personal relationships, whether that's friendship, family or partners. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for me, making sure that I am vocalizing or reestablishing what the new boundary and expectation is inside of some of my friendships where you haven't had the conversation in a while. And so just tapping in, being like, hey, fellas, this is where I'm at right now. Just so y'all know, this is what I need or this is what I'm looking for. And just and being able to say that and with a quick check-in and not making it a thing. And I think hmm. that's where people get, can make it, people get set back because they feel like it has to be this super deep, like conversation it doesn't it can just be like hey like just so y'all know like i'm not vibing with this i still got work to do to a certain extent and i don't have those conversations that overtly mm -hmm. with you know a lot of people in my world but i i do know that i'm having those conversations it's just not like i'm not going through the i'm not resetting right. them i guess i'm not right. resetting those conversations i'm just sort of like taking stock in the current status of things and saying like, does this serve me? Does yep. this, you know, is this working? Are there new conversations that need to be had, yep. but not necessarily engaging in the conversations as they are. So that's one of my takeaways out of this is just like, you know, let's, you know, let's take a look and see if the, some of those things are needed and whether or not that, you know, those things will, th those conversations are, are necessary, I guess, to, yeah to do that I think so. you said a great question is this serving me I think that's mm -hmm. a, a great question yeah. to ask yourself yeah mm -hmm. in any relationship well you talked about how vulnerable setting boundaries is particularly in relationships where we're very intimate with that person right mm -hmm. and it reminds me of any time I feel like I either need to set a boundary with somebody I care about or um, or even they're setting a boundary with me, or in either case, we've broken a boundary or stepped over it. I feel that anxiety. I feel mm -hmm. that in my chest. I can feel my throat tightening up. Mm -hmm. That has been in the past the thing that probably shuts down or or has pushed me to like shrink from a thing or say, you know what, I'm, I'm not even gonna say this thing. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna set this boundary with Lamar because I feel a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. But in fact, that's probably a cue for you do need to do this right. thing because it matters. 
and you got to figure out a way to do it in a productive way and not right. have it be you feel that emotion physically right. i feel that now let me figure out like what do i need to say that can be constructive right but but need to actually be proactive and not shrink from it the men up podcast is a grin and bear production the soundtrack is courtesy of mike mcginley music and visual artwork by viati design studio Video clips from each episode are edited by Joe Oliveri. The executive producer and editor on the Men Up podcast is me, Christian Shabu. You can listen to us every week on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts or by visiting themenup.com.